you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. It is another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Thanks, folks, for tuning in to our little podcast here where hopefully we share some information, education, and entertainment with you about retirement and tax and all that fun stuff with Phil Putney. Phil, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Mark? I'm doing pretty well, hanging in there. Hope that uh, you're enjoying some fall and all that good stuff, uh, getting a little cooler. Yeah, it is. It, uh, this morning it was 35 degrees, so yeah. we're almost hitting the freezing mark again. Oh, so man. I don't know if I was I was ready for the sub forty yet, but <laughs> ready or not, here it comes. I had to yeah. break out the the winter jacket. Yeah, morning. that's usually the case. A little right? too chilly just to go out with a uh, sports coat on. So. Yeah, that's usually the case. I mean, it's Michigan. You're gonna you're gonna get all over the place. You never know. No, that's um, right. Listen, I want to get into our program here in a second. We're going to talk about awkward conversations and why it is good to have those. Uncomfortable, maybe strange. Yes but good to have awkward conversations. But before we do, I saw this interesting quote from Jim Rohn, uh, and it says, time is more valuable than money. You can get more money, but you can't get more time. And I think we all realize that. But yet, when we watch all this market volatility stuff, we get all worked up and get all frantic about, you know, what's seeing our money go away, blah, blah, blah. At the time of this podcast taping, it's just eked back over 27,000 Again, on again the, yeah. Uh, How many times this year? It's one yeah. of those, you know, you're back again, you're back again. You're- yeah. So I thought that was an interesting quote because, again, we can always, you know, get more money. And, and the market, again, is over 27,000 again at the time of this podcast taping. It's back up over it. Um, we're up almost a percent today. Uh, it ended, I think it ended high yesterday as well. And we're actually, we're, we're at the anniversary, Phil, um, within just a couple of days. Do you know what happened in 1987, about 32 years ago on this weekend or during this week? 1987. No, mm-hmm. I can't remember back then. I was just graduating from high school. Okay. Two years out, I should say. Yeah, me too. Two years into college. Me so. too. But it was Black Monday. So I figured. Oh, as there, a, okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. See, I was, I wasn't quite thinking about that yet. So no, don't worry. So uh, the market was, uh, it was, it was a huge, huge deal uh, when Black Monday happened in the market back in 87. Uh, at the time, I believe it was a 22% uh, single day fall. I think they put some things in place with computer trading to kind of prevent that. To prevent it from, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. We saw some of those triggers happen back in the 2000, uh, last 2007, eight time yeah. frame. So. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. but I, well, here's what I thought was interesting. They're talking about our current market standings and so on and so forth. So when, when it fell in 87, 22%, that was a fall of about 500 points on the Dow. Um, right. 500 points today is nothing, you know, in yeah, this I mean, market. That's the market's it's little like, volatility. What, one and a half yeah, percent, maybe 2%, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting when you want to look at a perspective and say, oh, 500 points, the sky is falling. Yes, when the Dow was 6,000, which I believe it was in a 6,000 range in 87, that's yeah, uh, a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. And just for comparison, fun sakes, folks, if you're thinking about it, with our current market at 27,000 over the Dow, if it was to drop 22%, it would be about 6,000. 
<laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it would be almost the whole market of 87. So, you know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, returns are always relative. You know? Right. I mean, it, it, you've got to understand it, it, that relationship, I should say. You know, it's about time, you know, because you can look at any one period of time and it might look good or bad. <clears throat> right. So you got to make sure you're looking at the, the right time of a market, not just little pieces. Right. And I'm putting it in, in relation to what the market is. You know, I always look at more at a percentage than a dollar because it's the dollar is, is going to be only relevant compared to what that market is at that stage. So, yeah. And I think we get so, we see these headlines daily. We get so worked up about them. So try not to freak out too much about that. And we're going to transition that into our awkward conversations because these are the conversations that you should be a little more concerned about than the daily flip-flopping of the market. That's going to happen. It's going to stay there, especially moving through 2020 and we're going to have another election and it's going to be a very volatile one. So I expect the market to be as well. So Let's kind of put the market on back burner for a bit and talk about some of the other awkward conversations that it is good to have, albeit tricky. And so, Phil, how do you kind of handle these conversations? So, for example, we'll just start with a heavy hitter that, you know, you've got a couple, they're clients of yours, and unfortunately, one does pass away first. And you have to sit down and go through how that alters the plan for the remaining spouse, probably awkward and, and a little, a little tricky to talk about. It is. I mean, and it's always, um, I mean, it's interesting. That's life expectancy is the place we always start the conversation when we're looking at social security or just general financial planning. Cause right. obviously it plays heavily into those decisions. It's something none of us really know. I mean, you can use some statistics and some educated guesses if you want to say to think of what that is or might be for your scenario. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what happens if either spouse passes. And, and we do that in a financial plan where we're, I call stress testing it, or whatever the ages are that we're assuming life expectancy would be. Obviously, the plan has to work if you both live to that age. But then we have to step back and say, okay, what happens if either of you passes away today? You know, Or we look at it actually every five years into the plan just to make sure, hmm. does the plan still work? You know, because yeah. when either spouse passes, there's a lot of things that come into play. There's loss of social security benefits, the highest benefits retained by the surviving spouse, so the lowest is gone. So that household has lost significant income typically. Taxes change. You go from being married, filing joint, to now you're single. You know, so even lower income, often, unfortunately, we see the, the tax as a percentage go up. Yeah, and that one gets missed a lot too. The uh, the yep. tax one, people just don't think about that. You've maybe been married thirty or forty years, and you know you're always filing jointly, and and all of a sudden you know one passes, and it does change that. And it's something you know. So hopefully, if you've got a good plan in place and you've been working with an advisor, and when this does happen, um, hopefully the effects will be minimal. But all too often, you know, Phil, we see a situation where one party is behind the eight ball because they either didn't really care to get involved, it wasn't their bag, it wasn't their thing. Uh, right. Or the other spouse was just kind of leading the charge in it. And so I think it's always a good idea that, you know, both parties are, you know, well-versed, not nuts and bolts, right? But just well-versed. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty typical. We will have one of the spouses that's very involved in it, but, and maybe the other spouse not as involved, but I still like both of them to be yeah. at, at least a couple of the meetings, you know, the, the final meeting where we're laying it all out and, and finalizing decisions of this is what it looks like to make sure everyone's on the same page and so that they, even if, you know, the spouse that doesn't want to be involved knows there's a plan in place. Yeah. You know? So hopefully it gives them a little bit more comfort. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic idea. And I like the five year thing too. I like how you, you kind of you know stress test that uh, every five years or so. That's pretty cool. 
same scenario with the nursing home. I, nursing home is the term that frightens the pejeebus out of most people. And so we can call it long-term care or whatever makes you feel better, but it's an awkward conversation to have if and when one person needs it. And like we mentioned on the prior uh, podcast, two out of every three of us are needing this now. Absolutely. And it's, you know, so we're talking about stress testing. It's another stress test that we run. Again, assuming you both live the full life expectancies and pass away in your sleep, so to speak, is, is how you plan. <laughs> right. But then, you know, what happens if either spouse passes away early? But the other one is what happens if either of you need long-term care? And we plan in a more kind of traditional fashion of the, maybe the last five years, you know, because I, to me, a long-term care is one of those things you've got to understand the risk, right? Right. I think some of it's oversold where it's, it's sold by scare tactics of, oh, you got to have all this long-term cares, you know, so people put way too much money maybe in that direction and downscale their retirement or buy something maybe they can't afford, you know, and the, and the biggest challenge with that is you don't want to get into some kind of a plan that as you age into retirement, the later stages of retirement, when you're more likely to need it, now all of a sudden you can't afford it because it's done you no good to pay all these years. You know, see, so you have to really understand the risk first, but then yeah. understand how it fits in the plan. Well, and, and again, and it's a really awkward conversation, and it's one that I think most of us avoid, it and it gets us into trouble because we do avoid it. We are so kind of afraid of it. Yeah, I mean, you've got it, and that's why we do these stress tests. I mean, it's like you said, it's an awkward conversation to to have. No one likes to think about either spouse passing or either spouse needing long-term care. You know, but the biggest concern I see with long-term care is typically that first spouse needing care, consuming a lot of the assets through yeah. the care, and now yeah. that surviving spouse maybe they don't they don't have enough left. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so I think like the taxes on the the death of the first spouse, where the taxes you don't think about that. I think a lot of us don't consider the fact that the surviving spouse of a long-term care incident ends up could, you know, potentially have the entire, you know, retirement accounts drained due to the the long-term care issue with the other spouse, depending on what it is, right? It right. can be very, very, uh, you know, costly and, and really put the remaining spouse in a real pickle. So certainly awkward to have, but worth it to go through the stress testing and go through these, you know, scenarios ahead of time. And even just having assets in in the right place to pay for it, you know, because if, if all the money yeah. you have is in, in tax deferred vehicles, IRAs, 401ks, and you have fifty to a hundred thousand dollars of need to pay for that year, to net fifty to a hundred thousand out of a, an IRA or a four hundred one k, all of a sudden you're taking, you know, seventy to one hundred and twenty or thirty out to net after tax that money. Yeah, true. So you've got to have it in a more tax efficient vehicle to be able to fund the long term care. You know, if you're not buying some type of uh, long-term care insurance or asset-based long-term care, there's a lot of ways to cover it today. Yeah, yeah, very true. Okay, so we're talking about awkward conversations. How about this one, Phil? Um, When you're sitting down, maybe working with a new client, they're saying, hey, we'd love to, this is our plan. We want to retire at 62 and yada, 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 yada. And you go through and you're working up their plan for them and you're kind of going through and looking at the things they have. And you have to have that awkward conversation of, well, you might have to work longer than you wanted to. Yeah. And that's the first stages of the financial planning is really putting the the numbers together, putting the the math on the, the paper, so to speak, and running it out to see, does it work? You know, do you have enough? Have you saved enough? You know, what are your sources of income, the pensions, social security, whatever it happens to be? compared to the income need and then how long does that last? And you know, unfortunately I too often see people 
not even think about that. They're not, you know, or they run some really simple math, not running it out long term to see what it looks with inflation and all these other factors that play into it. Right. So, um, and yeah, then maybe it does take a little bit longer and work. And it's, you know, I always say once we get to that stage, if it doesn't work, you know, there's two or three levers, so to speak, that we can pull and change. You can work a little longer. We can plan on spending a little less. You know, the danger I always see in, in the plan on spending less is it can't just be a plan. It has to be then reality in retirement. You know, so I mean, if, yeah. if that's what you're thinking, make sure you're able to do that. Well, um, and, and I think to your credit, you know, you, you need to be working with someone who is also comfortable, you know, providing you this information. I mean, you know, we all want to be told, oh, yes, you're handsome or, oh, yes, you're beautiful or, oh, yes, you know, that outfit looks good on you or whatever the case might be. But when it comes to, you know, yeah, you can retire, uh, you don't want someone saying, yeah, you can when you really can't. You want them to give you the real answers. Right. Um, you right. know, that's not the time yeah, you I mean, want I, fluff. That's what I tell my clients <laughs> up in the beginning. And you know, I, I only ask one thing and I said, you need to be honest with me. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to tell you. I think it's so that's going to work just fine. Yeah. I really don't think it's going to, you know, it's not going to work. You're going to, there's a high probability that uh, not succeeding in this plan. You know, right, I want right. to go into a plan that has a higher probability of success before yeah. we finalize something and say, okay, yeah, it's okay for you to retire. It's going to work. Yeah. Not the time for sugarcoating. I, I, I need you to yeah, give it to me straight. Uh, kind of yeah. like with doctors, right? Like I know we all say, doc, give it to me straight. I think a lot of times we kind of hope they give it to me straight, but with a little bit of softness, <laughs> especially right, right, if it's right. bad. Uh, and maybe, maybe you experience that too, right? Where you're like, okay, I've got to tell these folks that's not what they expect. And maybe you can cushion the blow in some ways, but you still have to do them the, the justice of saying, look, this is not going to work as is. But here's the bright side. I think we can do this, this, or this. Right. And that's the whole key. I mean, you can't just go in and, and lay it on somebody and say, you know, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, <laughs> Sorry. It's like, okay, it's, it's not going to work. But the reality is we've got a couple options we can work with, you know, and then already have that pre-planned out. And I've, that's what I do when we're, we're running through these kind of plans is, you know, I've already got a couple of scenarios planned out to say, okay, if we work another year, you know, this is what happens, or maybe we lower expenses or, you know, a combination thereof, or maybe you work part-time, you know, you don't fully retire, but you get out of the job that you're done at and go work part-time, you know, for three, four, five years, whatever it is, doing something that you like to do, you know, getting paid a little bit to help supplement the income. So there's a lot of options you have. It's not just, oh, it doesn't work. Right. Exactly. And so again, awkward conversations, but good to have them and good to be working with an advisor who is willing to have those with you and go through those pieces as need be. Uh, and of course, here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts, if you've got questions, you can always call Phil at 248-888-7530. Get on the calendar, come in and speak with him. 248-888-7530. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management in the Metro Detroit area. Go check him out online at AFSWealthMGT.com. That's AFSWealthMGT.com. Phil's got more than 30 years of experience, so a good resource for you to tap into there in Farmington Hills. That's where his office is at. Okay, legacy, the conversation of that. I imagine that one gets kind of interesting and or awkward sometimes, Phil, when it comes to what are we doing for the kids or the grandkids? Do you often, or not maybe often, but I imagine it's interesting whenever you bring it up and the two spouses maybe look at each other like, oh, here we go, or we, you know, like we haven't, we're not on the same page as, you know, as with each other on this one or something like that. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting conversations that I have when, when we're going through a financial planning process with clients. And, you know, I, I say, okay, now I've got to bring on my counselor hat if we you know, have this kind of discussion. And, but it, I mean, it's fun. It's, and it's decisions that have to be made, yeah. you know, and somebody's got to bring it up. Yeah. Um, yeah and legacy is one of those, you know, and the reality is it's whatever your plan is, whatever you want to have happen. A lot of times clients are saying, hey, this is retirement I've saved for. And, you know, I don't really have any specific bequests for my kids or grandkids. Whatever's left is left. And that's great. I mean, you save for it at your retirement. I was going to ask you, is that more the norm? Because I've heard from other advisors that that's becoming the norm. Like it used to be, you know, you can put your stereotyping hat on if you want to, but it used to be where, you know, the ladies would say, I want to leave as much as we can to the kids. The husbands would say, you know, I want us to use it. We worked for it, whatever. But it seems to be uh, from what I hear from other advisors is that nowadays, ever since 2008 and so on and so forth, that seems to be the normal answer now we want to make sure we don't sacrifice anything in our retirement and whatever's left they can have absolutely and it that is pretty much the norm i mean there's you know occasionally i'll have a a client that we're working with that said you know i'd like to leave x amount to the kids Mm -hmm. and let's build it into the plan then you know let's make sure we're not spending below that level or if you want a very specific bequest like that a lot of times life insurance could be a good option to do that it's just another piece of the plan you know you've got to make sure that you're accounting for it but Another case that I see happen a lot is that when clients, if they've done well at saving and, you know, they're maybe more prepared than for retirement than they think they are, when you start running the math out, it's like, okay, well, the reality is you're going to leave a substantial inheritance if you're spending at this level. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you could spend it a little bit higher level because that's the, the kind of the other side of that coin that I see is too often without planning in place, people enter retirement maybe are fearful of, of what they could spend. And by the time they get into their 80s, they have more money than they can spend. And they've not enjoyed some of the things in retirement, maybe that they would have liked to have done. So. Yeah. Now, I, I think that's a healthy answer too, Phil. You know, I think it's healthy to say, hey, we've we've built all this. The kids are in pretty good shape. We want to make sure that we enjoy ourselves and not sacrifice anything for what we had planned. And then whatever's left, that goes to them. I think that's a really yeah. healthy answer. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of a personal preference. Sure, of course. It's it's whatever you'd like to do, but yeah, it is a a very, very common answer. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's great. And I I think our listeners should realize that too. Maybe if you're a couple that is struggling with that decision and maybe one wants to leave more than the other or you just haven't gotten on the same page yet, you know, take a step back and look at it that way. You know, it is nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, we we worked for all this and it's time for us to enjoy that. That is part of the perk of uh, and the reward of being a parent and doing a good job with raising your kids and then also, you know, getting to retirement, hopefully successfully. Well, I think, you know, those are all good pieces. I I was going to do an email, but I'm actually going to do one more awkward conversation bit. I wanted to ask you about this one. What about from a client standpoint who feels as though maybe they're working with the wrong advisor and they need to, you know, they need to separate or at least start shopping around for whatever reason. A lot of times we'll hear people say, I don't know how to do that. I feel bad or they've helped me for many years. And a lot of times feel it comes into a situation where the person they've been working with is all about the accumulation and they really now need a preservation and a distribution type of advisor. How do they go about doing that? Is there any kind of simple tips or tricks or is it just okay to just shop around and see what happens? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough, tough decision to have in order to make because yeah, I mean, you've built a relationship, they've helped you get to the stage you are, you hate to to leave somebody, maybe they've become a friend even, you know, and you do things outside of just the business. 
But the reality is if they're not going to be able to help you at that second stage, which unfortunately is probably a riskier stage, there's a lot more things that can go wrong if not planned for, then you need to start looking for a new advisor. But you've got to be really careful in how you select them. Probably get mailers all you know every day. You could go out to dinner every night if you wanted to and, and listen to some <laughs> kind of spiel about some financial product. Right. You know, which I mean, that's great. The reality though, you need a plan. You need to understand kind of the ins and outs and how all these different pieces work. We don't do dinner seminars. Um, I personally don't believe in them. We teach educational classes at a university, you know, and that would be my my encouragement is go here, some educational classes. There's a lot of advisors that teach classes in that fashion. On retirement, we teach them on Social Security, taxes and retirement and Medicare, which are some great classes to, to go through to get you some basic understanding of those topics and then start to understand in, in that advisor maybe in, in their style. And if it's a good fit, then have that first meeting yeah. and see you know what that feels like. So, okay. um, But yeah, it's, it's unfortunately something that a lot of times needs to happen that I think doesn't happen. You know, yeah, no, it doesn't happen early enough. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I would I would add more one more piece to that, folks, that if you're considering making a switch or you're just a little uncomfortable with that, realize it's still a business. And I think even the advisor you might be moving away from, at the end of the day, I think they understand that. I mean, people are people, business is business. And, and I think they'll realize that, you know, if they're an accumulation style advisor, they're going to understand that retirement is a different animal because there's so many more different moving parts. But I think that's really good advice from Phil. Uh, take a couple of classes. We'll, uh, as Phil, you know, offers classes throughout the year, we'll talk about those on the podcast as well, I'm sure. So I think all, overall, this was a good episode. Hopefully you learned something useful. You got a, an interesting nugget or two out of that from the program. If you did, make sure that you uh, put it into place. Don't just sit on it. Don't just uh, sit on your hands or you know whatever the case might be. Take a little action. The beauty of podcasts are you can pause, rewind, go back and listen to past ones and all that good stuff. And you can do so on Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever platform you choose. Simply subscribe to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. You can find it on his website if that makes it easier at afswealthmgt.com. That's afswealthmgt.com mgt.com and uh, you can also just call him if you have some questions 248-888-7530 Phil my friend we went a little long but I appreciate your time this week on the show and I hope you have a fantastic week thanks you too Mark absolutely and we'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.